We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Recovery Road, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day on your road to recovery. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Greg Bird. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where I ask you each episode to consider who is it you are right now and who is it you are most desiring to be? What kind of life are you trying to create? What kind of character are you trying to build? And in 2020, I think that has called all of us to action much more than we would have ever anticipated. Uh, and so um, as I was thinking about how, how to take this, the uh, end of the year out, what I looked at uh, to is the, what's the upcoming trends for 2020 or 2021, the wellness trends. And there was four that stood out. The first being financial wellness um, and then spaces, uh, senses and sleep. Uh, fourth, third was brain boosting neurotropics. And then the fourth is meditation and mindfulness. And as I was looking at these things, I thought financial wellness, hmm, you know what, we've been kind of not talking about anything but dream spelling and all this other fabulous stuff on the show for quite some time the last few months, um, to try to get people out of the dream spell, but we need to get we're living here on planet Earth. And on a planet Earth, we need financial well-being. And I thought, what do I actually know about that? What could I teach about it? And uh, I thought I might know some stuff, but I am sure no expert. So I thought, hey, what could I do for my audience that I love so much? Uh, I could bring in somebody who is actually an expert. And so it's my absolute pleasure this episode to welcome Greg Bird. Greg, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So you guys might know, well, what's Greg known? Who is he on planet Earth? So Greg, why don't you, uh, I'll just explain that maybe Greg and I grew up in the same hometown. And so we've known each other for a very long time. And, well, not that long, because you know, we're both around 30-ish. <laughs> Be like, tune, everyone's got to now not just listen to the audio. They're going, really? Around 30? Wow. <laughs> you guys know a lot for such young people. Um, but Greg and I grew up in the same hometown, you know, rode the bus together, just uh, rural kids. And, and here we are a few years later, both kind of living in the same community again. And uh, the speed of trust really is around um, who do you know? Do you know their family? Or do they come from good people? Are they of good character? And, you know, the checkbox for all that absolutely fit Greg and, uh, and his family. And so I was just delighted to reconnect with him after this number of years and to invite him on to talk about his expertise, because uh, I feel calling in my heart always to help people and that this is what this show is about. And Greg is, uh, has an absolute plethora of knowledge and wisdom and insight on this particular category. Plus he has real life experience. So, Greg, can you maybe just take a minute and introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you, Leah. And, you know, I'm so thankful to be here and honored to be here and that you reached out to me. And at a time where here we are facing probably what most would uh, argue is the most challenging year of all of our lives. And you know what I've realized in this time is that the more, more vulnerable I've been and just real the more and more it seems to be coming back to me and connecting with people. And uh, obviously we became reacquainted after all those years. You know, I still remember you riding the school bus and we're back in the junior high, senior high, and all of a sudden, boom, fast forward the clock, here we are today. 
Um, so I've been doing this I've been in this business now, gosh, 17 years and seen a lot and worked with a lot of people. I would safely say I've, I've talked to well over 10,000 people, one-on-one and groups of 50 and groups of a thousand where I'm on stage talking about financial wellness. And uh, here I am today. I don't know how many listeners we're impacting today, but you said it best is to take action, you know, and you said another thing is here we are, we have to really come back down to planet earth in the sense that at the end of the day, we need to have our financial wellness in check. Um, So one thing I'll share, and you know this, and you'll find the humor in it, is I'm a carpenter's son. So I'll use the analogy even as a financial advisor. Uh, sometimes I felt like I was the carpenter with the leaky roof, so to speak. <laughs> so <laughs> when did I realize that? And I tell you, the power of realization is, is quite a thing. It was way back when the last time we had a big recession in the world, which was 2008, 2009, which was dubbed the subprime mortgage crisis. And that recession hit me the hardest. And I had to do little checks and balances myself you know, help guiding families with financial planning. But man, I had to take a serious look at my own. And uh, maybe that's some of the stuff that we can we can talk about today. Yeah, Um, some of the action steps and what did I do? And, you know, there's so many questions that come around that that we have to ask ourselves and the power really starts here in ourselves. Yes, and the recognizing. So thank you for that, Greg, because I think that anyone who's lived longer than, you know, 20 years old has had some financial difficulties in their life for those people who are 50 that have grown up in, you know, a fair amount of affluence in this day and age, you might have lost your wealth two or three times along the path by now, and or had it significantly impacted by, you know, life circumstances, divorces, um, yeah, the stock market taking a hit, uh, COVID, you know, pandemics, and those kinds of um, things that you don't see coming quite frankly, right? It's like, oh, didn't see that one coming. But <laughs> that's usually the ones that get us that get us in the end. Right? Well, this one's been quite a curveball. I tell you, nobody <laughs> in their dog knew about uh, this curveball of this Corona virus hitting the world on a global scale. That one became, well, a recession, and then this weird kind of recovery and all the different changes. Uh, one would argue that the volatility of this year has been what the only constant uh, that we've seen. Yes, unreasonable circumstances. You know, right before this hit, I was actually uh, in a, uh, we'll call it a mastermind group with with some folks from, uh, you know, retired, retired folks from wherever, like just blue chip consulting kind of firms and stuff. And they go, oh, all we were talking about was, you know, this big trillion dollar transfer of wealth that was going to be happening and (laughs) blah, blah. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And it was just like we went from actually that was the conversation to holy, like our whole lives are on tilt. And now this transfer of wealth, 12, you know, well, we're getting close to a year now since that whole thing hit, like we're well into the ninth month of this um, thing. And that, yeah, the, the wealth transfer has not been what people thought it was going to be. And yeah, a lot of people have used up what little wealth they had, just trying to coast through this um, particular circumstance. You know, so Mm -hmm. Again, there's this really cool invitation, your carpenter's son uh, analogy. We're on the 21st right now. So for those of you who watch the sky, this is the night the star of Bethlehem happens. So if you're going to watch it, get on it because <laughs> it, only, it only happens once every couple thousand years. And so that would that might be a cool thing. And uh, But there's also this energy that's happening right now until the end of the year where people can really change what it is that they've been doing up to this point that may not have been working for them. And that's much more than just about a new year's resolution. 
which I think people go, oh, you must just be talking about New Year's resolutions. No, I'm absolutely not talking about that at all. I'm talking about this real pressure that and, and contraction that people have been going through now. Well, actually, since tw- like 2008, for sure, 2012 um, was another time where people went into big contraction. And so here we are again. And this, the wisdom in this is, are you going to put yourself through another contraction or are you going to learn from some of this stuff and get you know yourself dialed in a little bit better? And this is the opportunity that's right now. So, uh, Greg, maybe you could speak into that a bit more. You know, I love what you said there. And just to frame it, you look at this last year and I've got to chat with many people and I've, I've really kind of reached out as a mentor to kind of give my experience that I've been through up and down, you know, the good and the bad, because you've shared my story and I've got to share yours. So maybe anyone listening today, I hope what I'm about to share with you really resonates with you. And if I can be as vulnerable and relatable as I can to share my story, I think might be a good starting point. Would that be fair? Yes, absolutely. Dive right in. So in my mentorship, it there's a big thing about perspective, right? And I, I think back in a time where I should have known better, and I'm going to say it again, March of 2009 was probably the hardest time in my life. And you and I talked about this last week where there was one person <laughs> who was so close to me was my auntie Jane, who you played basketball with growing up, um, where she died. She, she died suddenly at age of 40, uh, massive heart attack and other complications. Uh, she was like a sister to me. And I took that heart. That was March of 2009. And that, that one was tough for me. If that wasn't enough, I lost my grandpa bird. So the patriarch of my dad's whole side of the family in that same quarter of the year, Mm -hmm. we lose him. And that was tough. But there was something neat in that, that whole aftermath of that is that there was 92 blood relatives at that funeral, including two great, great grandchildren of that bird family of that side. So we have two tragedies, one on my mom's side, one on my dad's. All of a sudden, this tr- recession just reared its ugly head where everything in the market, I saw the worst stuff in my own portfolio go down minus 50%. Like, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> like what is going on here? And we didn't know when the end was. We had a good feeling where the bottom was. And in hindsight, I didn't know what was right, was in March of 2009, where things then started to go the other way. But what you described, Leah, this aftermath of this year, you can take two choices. You can sit and do nothing and continue to be paralyzed by the situation around you. And I've seen that example. We've shared that. Like the extreme example is the the mental health issues where people succumb to that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had to deal with that in my own community with a a suicide, quite frankly. But on the other side, is that I've seen people thrive. I've seen people grow over 300% in this time. And then there's everybody in between. So the question is, comes back to us, is where do we want to be, right? Do we want to be here? We definitely don't want to be here. Where can we, or where are we? The self-awareness of where we are on this timeline or this continuum. And how do we move to the right? Like, how do we get to the place where we need to be, where our families need to be, right? So I talk a little bit family because family is your main support system, right? It's your emotional support system, as I know you would agree. Um, But from a financial perspective, we have some responsibilities too. I I got four little birds. They sit right above me or here on every meeting that I do. And they're here and they're a reminder because I'm looking at them every single time I'm having a meeting that, first of all, I want to set an example and I want to instill four main core values. I want to instill that perseverance that no matter what gets thrown at us, whatever curveball, that we're survivors, Okay. If I'm the patriarch at my funeral and I have 92 birds, (laughs) 
and right. I'm the top of the pyramid and I pass, I want to make sure that I did my job to make sure that most of my core value of perseverance is instilled in all of them if I can do something about it. That's number right. one. Secondly is that hard work, right? Mm-hmm. No stranger to hard work, right? I just said I was a carpenter's son. You know, as I do, my dad's been a carpenter since he was nine years old. He's never yeah. stopped. In right. fact, a stroke didn't even knock him down. <laughs> he was back up within within the year off the disability, even though thought we all thought he was crazy, but he's a stubborn bird. Um, yes. He's back to work. And, uh, you know, that hard work, that was instilled in me, and I'm instilling mm-hmm. it in each one of my four little birds. And, you know, I'm going to be that cool grandpa down the road where I'm instilling that in the grandkids. So right. that's number two. Number three, and it ties in with number four, is honesty. You know, mm-hmm. be honest. And uh, what da- my dad taught me is, do what's right and what's good, right? We've seen it quite the opposite, and we know what we're talking about of that, but doing what's right and what's good is the heart of what I feel is is doing the right thing, right? For ourselves, for our kids, for our clients, for our friends, our whole entire network. So I wanted to share that because I needed to get a grasp of all that, of what am I actually putting out there, number one. But my lowest of lows was, let's circle back to March of 2009, that was a tough time. If I felt like I was a fire that Mm -hmm. I literally, my flames were literally gone right out and I'm just an ember. You know, when you're staring at the campfire at the end of the night, right? there's just the embers left. That's how I felt I was at that moment. And from March till about my birthday in August of that year is when it hit me the hardest. I don't know what triggered my lowest point being my birthday, but I had to get my head a shake. Mm -hmm. You know, we have kind of a, an energy tank, so to speak where it can be fluctuated any given day on that day in late August, it was at 1%, 0%. I would have been dead. Like I just, right. <laughs> I would have nothing yes. left. we've all, we've all, if we're live listening to this right now, we've all had the moments where we feel we're right down to that last ember, that 1%. Right. Yes. So what did I do? What did I do at that point? Right. And I'm just asking that as a rhetorical question or a, Maybe just to get you think, maybe what would you do if you were me? Or what did you do for yourself if you were at that point? But just think about that for a moment. The biggest thing goes back to how you started this call is you took action, right? And it started by the first thing is that self-awareness check. For the first time ever, I felt like, oh, man, I just had to kind of take a step back. And there was power in that of realize where I was at and ask myself some really important questions. You know, like, how did I get here? <laughs> Right? You were asking the same question to me when we were talking about everything together and how I got to hear your story, Leah, is how did we get here? How did I get to this point in my life? How did all the decisions lead me to where I am today? That was a, there was a power in that of really asking myself that question and really letting that sink in. Okay? And there's a lot of realizations that come from that question alone that took months, the ensuing months after that fact, took me six good months to really realize how did I get there and where did I want to be? So that's number two. Where do I want to go from here? Okay. It took by taking that next step, take action. I had to just put one foot in front of the other, even though it was baby steps at first. Right. Taking action was the best thing that I did at that time. So if any one of you are listening or at that point you feel right now, it's just taking action after you asked yourself that question, how did I get here? Because if you didn't learn anything, you're just going to carry on the same same thing going forward, potentially, right? Right. And this is so important right now, Greg, because what people are being taught is cancel culture. It's you cancel out everything, right? So you don't actually notice anything that you've done in the past. The past is just the past. Let go of the past. Don't even think about the past. But if you don't look at the past, 
and you don't acknowledge it, it doesn't mean you have to lay back in the bed of whatever you were doing and, you know, bathe in it, but you've got to, you've got to actually feel the feelings of what it was like to be in that position in order to emotionally have your why of why you would actually want to do something new in the future. Uh, do you find that a lot of people struggle with that, just not wanting to look at the past at all? Or Oh, yeah, it goes back to that continuum. There's, there's the extreme examples that ones that know exactly where they are, ones that have no clue, and they're paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And then there's everyone in between. So yeah. you're bang on by saying that is, as a coach, as a financial coach, mm-hmm. just as you're like a wellness coach, and people turn to you as a mentor, is how to then coach them through this time. So I was left from a, there was a, a phrase that a good mentor of mine, his name was Ken Kukin, and I, I love the guy to this day, because he taught me one thing is surround yourself with good people. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of power in that is once I realized, first of all, who are the good people? <laughs> right. and how do I surround myself with them? I then a- answered the next question. And the next question is, after I asked, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Where do I want to go from here is what was my most valuable asset? So let that question sink in for a second. I know the answer because it's in my my exam I had to write to get into this business 17 years ago. That actually was one of the 120 questions. What is your most valuable asset? Right? So if, back in 2009, everything was taken from me. My business, my now some of my family members around me, all my money seemed to be going down. And I was yes. scraping every last penny to survive. What I realized my most valuable asset was, was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was my income earning potential of getting back out there and, you know, working hard like my dad. He, if I didn't have that example set in my head, I maybe couldn't answer that question right there and answer that question for myself is I'm my most valuable asset. It starts with me. Get me healthy again. Get me back on my feet. Let me do good and get back out there and do what I do best. So I asked myself a question after that moment, up until today, every single morning I asked myself, one question. You know what that is? Tell me. Do I love what I do? Mm-hmm. And if that answer is no, <laughs> I've got accountability partners out there, be it close friends, close family, that I can call or text at any time or email and say, hey, for some reason, I've answered the question no, and they're at my beck and call because I know I would do the same for them. Right. Greg, are you loving what you do? And I can honestly say since that moment in time, I can answer yes every single day. And man, my life has taken just a, a turning point. Once I realize that I love what I do, you can, you, you can feel the energy out of me because when you do right. that, that affirmation is powerful. Yeah, then it's easy, right? Because you are in flow with what it is that is your, exactly. the path exactly. that you ought to be on instead of struggling against the stream, you're in flow with the stream and take it, taking the easy path, the easy inflow path which also consequently ends up in you recovering, maybe. Did you, did you recover from the decimation? You look like you recovered, but for those of you just listening, <laughs> just tuning in, how's the recovery been? Yes, I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, all my managers back in the day, 17 years ago, they talked to me about, oh, yeah, I get into this business, you'll be the million-dollar salesman, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I never knew what that meant. And they said this thing that kept coming out, and you hear it in the commercials every once in a while, financial freedom. They always talked about financial freedom and what that that was. And you're like, oh, when you get in this business, you can do that within a year. Well, no, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it takes time. It takes hard work. It takes what's doing right and what's good and building that practice, but building a stable foundation. And that's some of the secrets I'll share next of, of how to do that and the right steps to take. Um, but I never knew what that meant, Leah. I, I, it took me probably a good 
10 years in this business to get to feel, it's not to say it, it's to feel financial freedom because it's different for everybody, right? If I said $10,000 a month, would you feel financially free? Maybe not. Some people like $100,000 a month. <laughs> Maybe if right. someone said $4,000 a month after tax, that's financial freedom. It's different based on the lifestyle that you live. But it took me that long to finally get to that point. But it all started from that day, going back to that time frame, March until August, where I hit my low to start taking the right steps to get to where I am today. And that leads to me to the, my next question is the why. Well, I just shared with you my why. My true yes. legacy, it's not the money, it's not the fame, the fortune, whatever. It's your, your family, your, your kids, if, that's, if you can have children or have children, passing that on. And more importantly, not the money part of it. It's, it's the legacy and how do you want your children to then represent you and your family line and your family name. And you and I have talked about this at great lengths, right? Yes, definitely. And and uh, the concept of seven generation planning is something that I just recently heard and went, oh, I really like that, the concept. And then as I laid there thinking about that, going, wow, that would really change how we approach, you know, so many things. I can remember definitely thinking about grand grandpa, um, you know, my grandparents, and maybe my great grandparents, but a lot further back. I don't know that they would have been thinking that way. Um, but we've become more conscious about what we're creating. And I think we've become more conscious because the sheer amount of destruction that has happened to families over this last 50 years, um, since the inception of, and I'll just say it, the inception of birth control pills and you know, women in the workforce. So for those of you who don't like that, you know, complain to my publicist, just kidding. <laughs> but it's created, there's, it's just created lots of problems. Families are falling apart um, with this COVID thing where more, more people could have taken an opportunity to repair their relationships, the, the actual divorce rates are skyrocketing. Family court is crying, um, which is, you know, uh, speaking morally, morally uh, if, people can, or if people are fighting over the Christmas holidays, just invite you to take a breath. This is the wellness coach talking. Take a breath, take a step back, and wait until well into the new year before you make any personal decisions. This will keep money in your bank account. By stopping divorces, that are unnecessary possibly, and maybe some of them are necessary, but this time of year and after this year, um, people are on edge with each other. So it's take a breath and just think about resetting yourself and how could you actually set the course for your family for the next, not only your little um, pod of the next you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but how would you actually set it for your children and your grandchildren? And then what about your great-grandchildren? And then what about those guys? Then, then things start to get a little more exciting. It's cool that way. You want to speak into that a bit more? Oh, you know, I love that you brought that up in so many levels. Um, oh, gosh. The number of separated couples and mm. divorced couples I've counseled over the last 17 years has grown, probably at an alarming rate. If it was 50% 10 years ago, that number is probably 65 70%. But there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. And just with the right advice, the right coaching, people can save themselves from financial failure and destruction. Uh, just take it back, step back, take the emotions out of it for a second and treat it like a business decision. And that's the number one mentorship I say is just take a step back, like take the fight out of it for a second. And just look what you're doing. <laughs> right? Are right. you setting the right example for the children fighting and swearing at each other or whatever about money? That's the last thing that needs to be have. So a lot of the what, what I've done in the more so recently, especially at this given year, was 
really offering that coaching and counseling, really. That's, that's the, the pro bono part of what I do. Right. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm a, a counselor above and beyond a financial counselor, but I, I don't think I would have been able to connect with those folks if I hadn't gone through it myself. Because you would agree there's a certain level of emotions that you go through that if people don't know what betrayal or anger or any of that stuff is, it's hard mm-hmm. to talk at that level, right? Would oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't have children or if you don't, uh, like just all of it, if you've never had health problems, if yeah, people haven't been out of work, there's so many things that influence um, your, the whole financial landscape. And if you're on the outs with your partner, it, it just is not good. Because usually by the time you get to that point, there's been successive attempts at either trying to fix things. And oftentimes finances are the, pro- are the reason for the divorce, which is uh, this year, again, or the last three years, especially in Alberta, because men who traditionally were able to find work haven't been able to. It increase in family violence, increase in you know, uh, suicide rates, three times uh, more suicides in men in Canada this year than in the prior year. And so these are serious social problems and things that we should not be turning a blind eye to, uh, like to develop compassion, you know, for our fellow man and woman is to really look at what's going on. So to your credit that you're picking up the counselor hat a little bit and, you know, and stepping into that compassionately, because you can't just provide people, a, you know, an Excel spreadsheet and go, oh, here, guys, here's how that's all going to you know, work out. <laughs> it's all going to be just tickety boo. That's not how it goes, because there's. There's, you know, depending also on the ages and stages of your kids, or if they've got health issues, or they got dental stuff, or if you do or don't have health benefits, you know, just so much stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there so is. much stuff, <laughs> so much stuff. And you were sharing, yeah, and you were sharing an example also about, you know, somebody who had died young that their kids weren't provided for and that that how that turned out. Do you want to? maybe talk a little bit about that or wherever you want to enter on that, Greg. You know, I w- I'll comment on that. And that goes back. I'd mentioned uh, the death of my aunt, who was like my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, that family got torn in two. And it was sad how one took the right path and one took the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Without mentioning any names, it was really sad for me to see the aftermath of that because I felt like I needed to do something. Like I became the advisor of one, but the other one wouldn't return my calls. And, you know, had I helped one, you know, you can't change things. At the end of the day, there's that analogy, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. Well, that comes into play every day. And what you do and I do is we can give you all the tools, all the solutions and all the mentorship and offer experience and wisdom. I really, I truly believe wisdom. But if you don't take it to heart and take action yourself, then it's all for naught. Mm -hmm. Um, It so happened. It's so funny. 15 minutes before this call, Leah, One of my newest clients that came to me in March, actually, of this year, just went through everything you just described, Uh, found out there's some infidelity in the relationship, and they actually separated today, a year ago, uh, was the day. And that's why I think he felt compelled to reach out to me almost for some of that, you know what I mean, that counseling, that guiding, like man to man, like, you know, I've helped him now make the right choices and get back on the right track. And he does, I commend him. I I didn't think I got his permission to share his story, but it was so funny. He called me today right before this call. And I think something's calling me to maybe mention that what he's done well is he just took action and he did exactly what I said is took the emotion out of it. And Mm -hmm. whatever I offered him was able to then make the right decisions going forward. Um, He's been instilling the right values in his, his two daughters, which I'm so proud of him. I told him that. And Yeah. uh, yeah, I just, when you, when you do good, you put it back out there and you see it in practice. That's what I get 
a kick out of and why I can say every morning when I wake up, I love what I do is I got at least one of those moments every single day where it doesn't matter who I'm talking to um, is when they take that action. That's, that's the most rewarding thing because you see it and you make a difference in, in people's lives um, to take it a, a step further. Um, you know, everyone who's listening might be thinking, well, well what do you do like, <laughs> for this financial track? You know, what's, what's the solution? What, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. And what I share with you next is just a high level thing that's been taught in every financial planning book. Um, not in high school, because they don't teach us in high school. We joked right. about that, like they yes. should. They should make it a whole module of that career and life management planning in the curriculum, but they don't. Um, I didn't learn about this financial planning stuff until even I was done university. We learned about investments and, oh, invest in this stock and that stock. And I learned how to be an accountant and do my taxes properly. Yeah, but I never learned financial planning. I didn't even know what a financial advisor was until I actually dealt with my first one. Right. Um, Yes. But her name was That's why it's a good idea to have to uh, initiate that earlier so that your financial plan just isn't, hey, how much Ichiban can we afford this week, guys? (laughs) You know, it's sad. Three packs. Three packs. I've seen all the extremes. <laughs> I've seen I know. Done well. I've lived some of the extremes. So I'm, I'm laughing at, in jest. I'm laughing in jest totally. And people can, I'm sure this year it's relating to, you know, like we're all, um, even the people who've had a good plan. Well, this year it's just to sit up and take notice and go, okay, I, I thought I had a, a foolproof uh, fail safe plan, but even the people who, like I say, people who've been engineers for years that I've worked with are going, holy man, we're just here. We're barely hanging on Leah. That's yeah. what I hear from people who are professional engineers, people who've worked corporately for 20, 30 years, 30 years. Um, some of them, if they didn't get packaged out soon enough, they're going, holy man, we're just, we're just scraping by. Um, and of course they're not dipping into their maybe long-term uh, savings, but they're struggling. So it's not just the person who's working at a minimum uh, wage job or people who've been frontline care workers. It's, it's really uh, humanity uh, across the globe right now that's trying to get this sort of um, equilibrium and recalibration and counterbalance in their, in their financial well-being. So, Aha, counterbalance. I'm glad you brought that up. That's the whole segue in what I was going to talk about next. <laughs> Where do I come up with this stuff? <laughs> Speaking my language. Uh, well, I humbly admit I was the carpenter with the leaky roof, so to speak. As yes. a financial advisor, already been, uh, gosh, six years into the business. I should have known better because I was counseling people. It was almost like the blind leading the blind, so to speak, in a really rough uh, example. Uh, but again, I was just doing what I was taught. And I wish I would have had maybe some more mentors at that point in my life, even in my career to kind of help guide me. So since then that surround yourself with good people it started with Ken Kukunen. And from there, I've got some great, uh, even mentors in my life that I've actually created a mentorship program within financial advisors, which hadn't even been done for years and years and years. Like what happened to those good old training days? So we've, we actually uh, made a club in our own brokerage firm where there's 900 advisors. And I started with just the top 15 newbies, so to speak, anyone five years or less in the business sure. to be part of this coaching to help coach better, to coach their clients. Nice. So they don't become the one trick pony salesman selling you life insurance and then never hear from them again, which is mm-hmm. important to have, but you need to, you can't be a one trick pony in my business anymore. You have to have a holistic approach. So when you say counterbalance, I love, that's the perfect word for it, um, is you got to have two parts to any game plan, right? So you know me, I was the hockey guy growing up. Right. In yes. one of the greatest hockey towns ever, Viking, Alberta. 
ever. <laughs> Home of the Sutters. And I was coached by the coach of the Sutters, Mr. Gary Walsinka, who was a brilliant man. And he believed that in any different game plan, there's two parts. You got to have a good offense. You have to have a good defense, right? Yes. When you put the two together, uh, I was always the, the offensive centerman and all my cousins, uh, cousin Sean, cousin Jeff, they all became goalies. I thought they were crazy, but I don't know why you'd ever want a hundred mile an hour slap shot coming at you, but I was the guy doing it. <laughs> so I'll use, the, I'll use the hockey analogy, but you can swap this out with soccer. You can swap it out with football. Maybe football might be the better analogy. Think about this for a second. So, you know, you've seen these pictures where you have like the big diagram of the field. You got the X's on one side representing one team, you got the O's on the other, right? It's an offensive plan. And then right. the one's the defensive plan. So financial planning is no different. Mm -hmm. If you keep it simple and anyone who likes sports that work with me as clients, I use this example. Right. It starts with how are you going to fund this plan, right? Let's just get costs, that objection right off the table. Because if you want to take action for yourself, you have to be able to invest in yourself, right? So there's a whole adage about what's called pay yourself first. It's in many, many financial planning books that are out there. Pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. Okay. So whatever you make, let's just use round numbers just so it's easy math. Okay. Let's just say income is $10,000 a month. Okay. Pay yourself first. I use 10%. It has to be minimum 10%. 10% of a 10,000 is 1,000 bucks. 1,000. Okay. So at the very, very minimum, you take $1,000 and now you're going to fund your financial game plan. So imagine the X's, imagine the O's. On one side, you got your offense and one, you got your defense. So on the one side, the defense, I signify as your insurance strategy. Remember what I said, who your most valuable asset is? You. <laughs> you got to protect you. You got to protect the family. You got to protect, if I'm the patriarch of my little bird family, I got to make sure that I've got enough insurance to make sure that if something happens to me, whether I'm dead, disabled or whatever, that I got my butt covered and my little bird's butt's covered too. Right. Because yes. they've got some goals in life and I want to make sure that I set them up for success. So mm -hmm. that's my defensive plan. Insurance, anything insurance related, risk protection, that's defense. Offense is all the fun stuff. That's mm -hmm. what everyone always wants to talk about. The money, right? The investments, the savings. Yeah, that's important. But you got to have both. You can't have one without the other. Because I've sadly seen it. And you kind of asked me the question the roundabout way. You know, have you come across people that have dipped in all their savings and because they became disabled and couldn't work for a year, I've seen it where they've declared bankruptcy and they had to start all over. Right. The worst yeah, example I've seen just happened only months ago where a good friend of mine that I've known, he was worth $20 million in the oil and gas business five years ago. Right. Just declared personal and corporate bankruptcy this year in this crazy year because you've seen what happened to that industry. You follow it very closely. Oh, very close. And it was sad. So had he not had stuff set up properly, there's things that he could have done leading up until that time where he pulled the pin to be able to start over on. So that's an extreme example. And then, of course, we talked about the other one is uh, suicide is an ugly thing, but it's real. It's happening. It's increasing this year yes. uh, to even the people you wouldn't even expect it. And that's tough. That curveball is one of the hardest I've had to deal with this year um, is the aftermath of that mm -hmm. of how to do the planning. But let's, uh, that's one, that's one whole, that's a whole chapter in my book of how to deal with that is one thing. But let's talk about the game plan. What can we do now? We're live, we're kicking, we're listening all here together. If I'm resonating with anybody, I hope I am. Uh, building on both beats. So insurance, defensive side, investment, savings. So all the different things you hear out there, tax-free savings account is one, RSP is one, uh, education plan, RESP is another. 
Uh, if there's a disability in the family, the RDSP, these are all just high level things that you need to have and have coaching on to utilize and maximize the effectiveness of them. And then once all those four are maxed out, there's other things you can do if you're a business owner, there's an individual pension plan, things like that. And then there's kind of what I call the overflow, non-registered or open investing. Okay. So that's forms your whole grid or your whole playing field for investments in the offensive side. And the defense, what I'm talking about that, I mentioned a few of them, the life insurance, the disability insurance to protect you, your income, your paycheck, so to speak, the critical illness protection. And then you had mentioned the health and dental plan. So the braces, kids still need braces. That's not cheap. <laughs> uh, kids still need prescriptions. We still need prescriptions. That's right. covered within all that insurance. You got to make sure you're allocating enough to both pieces. And you're, as a financial advisor, the best thing that they can do is maximize the situation or the game plan for you. Because we're all in different walks of life, right? Right. Right? Yeah. That's the best thing a financial advisor can do, but also how to communicate that and then the ongoing communication of how do you evolve with the plan is the second most important piece to the plan because plans change. Curveballs hit. People lose their right. job. People get divorced. You know? People get um, sick. In the extreme example, I think I shared with this you or with, with you is uh, someone in my family lost a child at 11 years old. That mm -hmm. was devastating. That was two years ago. Um, and then two years later, I get this phone call saying, oh my God, there's this weird silence on the phone. And I was all excited because I get like that. I'm kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, how's it going? And then there's this silence and all of a sudden turns to like, uh oh, is everything okay? Well, no, everything wasn't okay. And quite eerily, this person had just turned 40 years old and calls me up and says, Greg, I'm going in for open heart surgery. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're, going to, you're 40 years old. I'm like, what, it, what's going on? Yeah. And she's like, well, that critical illness stuff that you talked to me about and you made me buy, <laughs> thank you, she said, um, right. is this stuff right. going to pay out? And I said, well, it could. I said, I need to know more. Like, let me get started on your claim. But first of all, whoa, 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 are you okay? <laughs> like, right. Is there anything I can do to help you right now? And she's like, no, I just need you to process this claim and find out if I get money. So just last week on my vacation, I get this tax. And she's like, oh, my God, the whole thing paid out. She just had like tens of thousands of dollars directly deposited into her checking account. And the first question out of her mouth was was just stunned and paralyzed. And she's like, do I have to pay tax on this? Is what she asked me. And I said, no, you don't have to be taxed. I told you that it's insurance. There's no tax on this money. I said, what you need to do is just for concentrate on getting better. <laughs> so she's able to now take this whole next year, that whole defensive part of her plan kicked in when she needed it the most. So again, this stuff is real. You never know when it's going to hit, but the importance why I bring it up and share this story again, having a large family is a blessing and a curse at the same time is it's gathered me a lot of perspective and it's had me reach out more and more to those that, uh, that I love and I'm related to, to help them with this. And I can take it a step further. I've had people this year even reach out to me within that network and you being one of them. And I thank you for, for reaching out. And it comes from that mutual understanding. And I think I just want you to share your perspective. It's sometimes just mapping it out, right? That's the first thing that we did, the little exercise. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. The mapping it out is really important. And, and Greg wasn't aware that uh, we've got a genetic illness in our family. So I won't go in, you know, to details on this one, because just simply because of timing. But 
Um, it's a genetic familial disease that passes down from family member to family member at a rate of 50-50. So if your parent has it, you have a 50-50 chance of inheriting it. And it is a serious neurological disease. So um, you can have a family member that's a parent that's sick at the same time that somebody who's in their best earning income age have being symptomatic and their children and then the grandchildren. So you can actually have four or five generations ill with this thing all at the same time. It's quite devastating. So the uh, so when Greg and I got together, we were chai was getting a hold of him just because you know I'm de- I want to get ahead of this as much as I possibly can, and uh, I've got kids that are in you know, their early 20s, and then I've got grandchildren too. And so I'm thinking the same thing as he's thinking, you know, about the birds, and uh, thinking I had things covered, and I don't have them as covered as well as I thought I might. And so uh, getting an expert that I trust (laughs) in play, because there's the personal side of this is um, that you have to trust whoever it is that is helping you with your future financial plans, that they're going to have your back, that they're going to follow through, that they're going to do what they say they're going to do, especially when you're vulnerable. And so you've shared some of the stories of people's vulnerability Um, in a case like our family, like we're really vulnerable. So you've got to be able to take people to the bank. You've got to know that they have your best interest at heart. Um, And so I'm really glad that you agreed to do this uh, podcast and work uh, with me, Greg, and, and for the audience as well, because I do think that people feel like they don't know who to trust and that it's this big question mark of, well, you know, I could reach out to so-and-so or I could try to phone so-and-so, but I don't know who's going to be on the other end of the line. It's like there's these big processes that I got to fill out 52 pieces of paperwork before I actually get to see who the person is that I might get to talk to within this big corporate structure. Um, and so it's really nice to have that the way in. Um, and and so, yes. So you people are so lucky that Greg's on this call with me <laughs> Because he might be the way in. He might be the way in. We'll see. <laughs> I'm just throwing you to the. I'm just throwing you out there, Greg. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it goes back to there could be a hundred thousand people online. There could be one yeah. person listening to us. If right. I was able to just help one person, yes, make a difference in their life, I, I feel good about that. And thank you, Lee. I, again, I'm honored to be here and and share some of my insight, my own vulnerability, my own story. God, I think back to those days and, you know, I've actually written about it and that felt good too, to kind of document some of these steps that I've taken and, you know, uh, whether I published that book on, <laughs> maybe I should, maybe I should actually just go forward and, and just do it. Um, I just want to give back. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, uh, that came out of this and even my own realization doing this today, I thank you, is that, you know, I got to give thanks. There was some of those people that were introduced to me mm-hmm. and those certain points in my life that I didn't see coming but they were true blessings in disguise that at the time you think back, wow, what an impact that they made in my life. So if I've connected with any of you listening today and and Leah, you and I've had this bond going way back and you know, it's, we're making a difference and you're making a difference in in what you do. So I thank you. You're welcome. Very glad to have you here. And so how can, um, what next steps can people take and then how can they get a hold of you? Well, uh, please, anyone feel like Lee, you, you have my permission, share my contact information. I've okay. got a whole team of these financial advisors I'm training under my wing that I can, again, goes back to relatable. If you mm-hmm. got to choose one that you can trust, uh, that can, will communicate with you is an important, that yes. they're, uh, they got the right education, maybe even experience. And I'm going to say wisdom. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wisdom to be gained from these ups and downs in the market. So give one that has sometimes a little bit of a 
that whole nose bloodied analogy isn't such a bad thing going through 2008, 2009, because that, that was some, some true wisdom. Um, but yeah, reach out. I will definitely, I got so many people that I could connect with that are looking for a financial advisor. And it starts with just taking that action. There's no cost to working with a financial advisor, no cost. Right. There's a big objection always at the time that my, that one person I just mentioned that made that claim. Yes. The biggest objection was, well, how much should I owe you for your time? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not a lawyer. I don't charge by the hour or whatever. It's <laughs> free advice. We get paid by whatever solution we put into place from whatever carrier we, we pick. Yeah. So again, sometimes just having the conversation, start with there, interview who you're going to work with, get a mentor, get a coach. Think of a financial advisor as kind of like a fitness financial coach. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, definitely. 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 And because you have an athletic background, you actually get the connection between finance and health are not separate from one another and they're not. So the, uh, your health and well-being when your, when your family member phoned and said, you know, whatever about their surgery and their heart surgery, you know, all they wanted to know was the claim. If the claim would have not been there or not gone through their, their health would have been jeopardized. And I think that people, um, uh, a couple of takeaways also is that we don't learn this stuff in high school, but that doesn't mean that you don't that you don't need to or shouldn't think about reaching out to Greg or his team, even if you're in high school, because you can get ahead of these things much sooner than what people actually do and they wait. So uh, my kids have reached out uh, much younger than I did, that's for sure, um, because I put the fire under them to say, hey, like, get at it get at it. I'm a farmer's daughter, you know, so I learned all this stuff uh, at home. Uh, but I, my kids did not learn it by osmosis. So <laughs> okay, we got to get we've got to get uh, and, and their life experience is going to be different than what ours was too. you know, hopefully there's uh, more cohesion in family units going forward. And, you know, that they look at the world a little, a little bit differently, um, because they don't want to repeat the mistakes that our generation has made. Um, so that's why the past is so important to remember too. And so thank you for being humble enough to share that, you know, the, uh, the picture perfect us on the screen is not necessarily what's going on behind the scenes. So, so, <laughs> so that's wonderful. So best gift you could give your family this holiday season or yourself this holiday season might just to be to contemplate really um, this financial well-being being the underpinning health and well-being health and finance being this enmeshed together real thing um, that you cannot deal with one without dealing with the other and that the sooner that you get on doing that the better for you in your life um, any final words of wisdom greg as we wrap for today final words of wisdom was actually somebody asked me this question the other day and i'm like no one's ever asked me this question before you want to know what it is i do the question is and it blew my mind it's really deep what can you do today that you couldn't do 12 months ago Mm. they'll let that sink in and uh i tell you if this is that moment for all of you today and we will fast forward the clock to this time 2021 what can you do then that you couldn't do now that's what i'll leave it with. great great question great ending thanks everybody for tuning in to today's show and uh Share, remember to subscribe, like, share, turn on notifications, share, 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 and check out uh, the other upcoming interviews. If we're not on YouTube, we're always on ch1.ca. Uh, we uh, love you all, invite you to mind your minds, take care of one another. That's all for us. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you. 